This episode is sponsored by this Snake and Mind companion app. Wait, this Snake and Mind has an app? Yes, we do. And I am so excited to tell you about it. This Naked Mind companion app is our brand new app where we've included all-in-one access to over 700 videos with answers to all your burning questions, our signature 30-day alcohol experiment, our incredible global community, and so much more, all in one convenient place. It's private, off social media, and free. This Naked Mind companion app is available in the App Store, on Google Play, and online at thisnakedmindapp.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I'm here today with Erica. Hi, Erica. Welcome. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here. So, um, why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? Like, where did it all start for you? Um, my relationship with alcohol really started with my exposure to my mother's drinking. And as a kid, I was one in a, a, of many. I was one of six. We were all really close in age. And our mom was, um, she got progressively worse because as their income level went up, her ability to buy more alcohol increased. Um, never missed a day of work, but um, it made her kind of mean and um, made her kind of, um, I don't, I don't, I guess unreachable. I mean, it was really very challenging to have that. And we were exposed to the blackouts and all that stuff. So my original plan for my life was not to have any alcohol in it. Um, I was, I was not going to be that person. I was not going to be that mom. I was not, I was just so, um, so angry that this was this was my situation. And mm -hmm. honestly, with six kids all about a year apart, I mean, it probably could drive anyone to drink, but um, but it was not a great, it was not great in that respect as far as a childhood. But my dad was kind of the opposite. He was a drinker, but he was really nice. He was really supportive. He was really reachable. He was, um, you know, hugger, all the things that you hope for in your dad and also very intellectually challenging. So I plan never to drink. So made it through high school. I was a good student. I maybe, I, drank, I can remember drinking twice. And the second time I remember specifically because I was at the beach, I got completely sunburned. And that night I drank a six pack of beer on purpose so that I wouldn't feel the pain. So I already knew it was an anesthetic. So I, um, the next day I knew it was a blackout because one of my friends said, um, I can't believe you were slapping your sunburn and saying, I'm not, fe I'm not feeling no pain. And so, so it was a joke. It was like, it was a joke. And I was like, well, I was, I got, I did manage to anesthetize myself and um, then went on to college, went to a really, in my opinion, at least for my, my um, level of intellect, it was extremely challenging. Um, and so again, I was still on the path. I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. And I think I may have had two beers somewhere in college, uh, which is not everyone's experience. I even went abroad to Spain, did not drink. Um, everybody drinks there. 
so I didn't drink. My roommate drank. I was like the designated, you know, get everybody home safely and had a great time. I mean, my whole life was really fun. I mean, it was fun without alcohol. And then I tried to look back when I was deciding to talk with you. I looked back and I said, really, when did it start? And it really like a little push off to alcohol is fun. Alcohol is relaxing. I can de-stress. That was um, really in my mid to late 30s. And I went to um, maybe maybe mid, I went to France with my ex-husband for our 10th anniversary. And we he had friends there. And that friend insistently told me how great uh, wine was with food, what I was missing out on. I was missing part of the culture. And um, eventually after two or three meals with him, I said, fine, all right, I'll, I'll try some. Well, um, it wasn't like that was like, oh, bam, I'm going to drink every night. But it was definitely like, oh, I can see how people like this. I enjoyed it with my meals. I was on vacation. My husband, my ex-husband thought, this is great. She's more relaxed. She's not so uptight. You know, we can have more sex. We're on vacation. And my kids weren't with us. So um, that was kind of like, okay, wine is good. Wine's sophisticated. French people drink wine. It's good with food. Never became really a problem until... Um, I guess I started drinking more when I was doing two full-time jobs. So I, I had, was doing a job as a controller and then I decided I wanted to sell real estate. And it was a time in the market, 2004, when the market was really uh, one, just kind of like 2020 and 2021, it was busy. So um, I was having financial success. But on the other hand, I was also really stressed out. I had two kids under the age of probably, let's see, 10 or 12. And they were in activities. I had my two jobs. My ex-husband was kind of absent. And so um, it became a way to come home, relax. It was like my off switch. And so I, and I, and I didn't really think it was a problem until I started having blackouts. And um, two, about two years into this heavy drinking where I would probably drink at that time, half a bottle to three, three glasses of wine was a lot. And in 2006, I went on a um, weekend trip with my family and friends onto our sailboat, which um, we loved. It was a great day. It was really fun. But then they were heavy drinkers. So the drinking started um, before dinner. Then we took a dinghy over to dinner, to another place for dinner, more drinks, back to the boat, got the kids set up with a video, more drinks. Pretty soon I'd go to the bathroom. So you get, we were stationed there. So you're at dock, but you're, you can go to the bathrooms on shore. So um, my ex-husband, there was no chance of sex on that boat with those many people. So he thought, well, this is a great chance. So we went over and I went to the bathroom and apparently I was staying in the car for whatever length of time we were gonna. Um, and so he came back and apparently I was gone. And the only thing I remember about getting from the car back to the boat was that I, um, I, I 
lowered myself into someone else's hatch. Oh, and wow. I, and, and usually the hatch is right over like what will be the master bedroom area of the, of the boats, like the, the, anyway, I, I lowered myself in and some guys screaming at me, what are you doing? So I was at least had the presence of mind to get out of there. And I found our boat. Now, um, I don't know how I found our boat. And then, and, and my, he was frantic. My ex-husband was really frantic. He was afraid I would fall in because I was that drunk. So he found me back, glad to find me there. And um, so after that trip, I said, that's it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. 2006. Um, so um, what happened? I went a hundred days. I just, I, I, and I started journaling. And I was really proud of myself. I was doing it. I, I had no resources. I had, um, you know, I didn't have you. There wasn't the sober community. So basically it was like willpower, kind of like the, the first time you do a diet, you mm -hmm. can do it. Um, and because you don't really know what to expect. So I, um, I went a hundred days and, uh, and, and I was like, what? I was probably like, 41 by now or something like that and I and it, and it worked like it I lost weight things got better I got my focus I was I was really on it um and then um same friends came over for their anniversary party and basically like you have to have a glass of wine this is our 20th anniversary or whatever it was and you have to have some champagne and I was like no, I'm good, but I did. And I thought, okay, well, it's one champagne, glass of champagne. I don't like it. It's fine. I don't like champagne, particularly. It's not my drink. I like the Sauve Blancs and that red wines and whatnot, but that didn't, that wasn't my trigger. But then it was like, I broke my streak. I broke, I, 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 I no longer. So now I can just have a little. So the first round of, of moderating happened. Um, and progressively for 10, I guess almost 15, I guess 15 years, every, every time I would always try, every year I would give it a shot. I'd either do it at Christmas after Christmas, or I would do it in the summer, or I'd do it after a bad blackout. And um, they were getting worse. Like I would have um, two or three nights a week where I wouldn't really know how the evening ended. Um, scary, because I'm a smart, I, I considered myself a smart person, um, but I'm like, good God, I'm, I'm damaging brain cells. And I will tell you, I started having a slight bit more empathy for my mother in that mm -hmm. when she was drinking, um, I was visiting and it was not a time when I was drinking very much at all. And she would get blackout drunk and she would say really mean things. And the next day she acted like nothing had happened. Like nothing had happened. Like she had no idea what she said. She didn't know why I was pissed. Excuse my language, sorry. Um, <laughs> so she basically, it was like, how, I thought she was lying. I thought she was lying to me until I got to that point where I was actually that person where I couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you what was we watched on TV. Couldn't even tell you sometimes if I'd had sex or not. Um, so um, 
Then in 20, probably 2017, 18, I, I, a friend of mine and I started sharing Quitlet books. And I can't remember if she found it and gave it to me or I found it and gave it to her. We'd gone through the Claire Pooley book. We had, you know, we'd done a lot of sharing of books. And so I read it. I have to tell you, I think I have read This Naked Mind at least five times. And I got to tell you, I've learned something every single time. And I don't think it's because I'm dumb. I think it's because I'm ready. So I'm ready for that next piece of information. So, um, but I never gave up and I have given away that book. Um, so the fast forward to when did I stop? I stopped October 30th of 2021. So I guess we're about 15 plus months to that date. And it wasn't any, it wasn't the, it wasn't the after Christmas. It wasn't after my birthday. It was just like, I'd have it. I, I just decided I'm doing this. I read your book while I was away for a week. I said, okay, I'm ready. So I, so I joined the November, 2021 live alcohol experiment. And I like was the person who lurks around on the Facebook page. I went and, and I did the work. I listened to every coach. I love the coaches. I didn't ask questions much because I was usually at work and I didn't want to like put my mic on or, you know, I was, I just kind of sat back and watched, but I still did the work. I, I listened and I was really, really connected. And then I had not planned. This is the end. This is, this is forever. Um, so I, um, but at the end of November in, in our, we, we were, chatting with each other um, on the Facebook page. And a couple of people said, we have to start a separate group. And so we started our separate group and one or two said flat out, that's it, I'm done. And I said, I don't know if I'm done or not, but I'll tell you what, I'll commit to another 30 days. Because I think somewhere at the end of that, it's like lengthening, let's try that. And so then I did lengthening for another 30 days. And then I said, oh, what the heck? I'll do the 100 days of change next. Um, and I'll tell you, I thought, well, I don't have coaching. I don't have any videos, but I, I did have videos. I was I like, maybe the coaching's what I need. Nope. It was like just enough, a snippet every day for 100 days. And I just kept feeling better starting, you know. And my husband, my current husband, thought I was just taking a break. And he thought I was doing it to lose weight as I usually did. Um, and I said, mm, I'm just taking a break. I don't know how long it's going to be. And I don't think it really clicked to him until June of last year, which was we were on our first bigger vacation together in Portugal, having a fabulous dinner. And I had already resisted for, it was the last night of the trip. And we, I, he'd have a, and I'm going to tell you, in Portugal, you can find at the, at the, ice cream shops, you can find um, any drink you want to have. I mean, you can find in ice cream shops. It's cheap. It's less expensive to get a glass of wine than it is to get a cappuccino because I got a lot of cappuccinos and enjoyed every one of them. But the last night he says, this is really, really good. You should really try it. It's the last night. And I said, I'm not trying it. I don't need it. I don't want it. Um, and that was our turning point where he really understood I wasn't 
doing it anymore. I wasn't going to drink anymore. So then he started calling up, hey, I'm going to the Total Wine. Do you want me to get you some more alcohol-free beer? And I said, sure, pick out something special. So he would pick out you know, some German alcohol-free beer for me. So he became able to transfer that um, attention that he would get me a glass of wine to get me something special. So that's kind of where I am. Um, also in 2022, um, my son, who was also a very heavy drinker, he's in his late 20s, he um, had blood work done because he had to go to the ER for something else. And my ex-husband called me and said, hey, I'm taking him to the ER. He's, he's got really bad flu symptoms. I said, make sure they run every test they have. And they did. They were good. They, um, and the doctors came in and said, you know what? you've got elevated liver enzymes, you've got a, a you know, liver that's um, inflamed, you got to stop drinking. But first they said, do you drink? And he goes, yes. He answered it honestly. And they, they told him that. Now I then detoxed him, but I was ready. I was able. Any other time in my life, I would not have been sensitive. I wouldn't have pushed anything I would have just said well he's an adult you know whatever I'm a bad example but he was proud of me he was proud of me for not drinking so anyway he did uh detox at my house it was not pretty I took him to the ER because I was worried he was worried um and then uh, he did the May I think yeah the May I said you have to try something you have to pick something um to do and he picked and did the may alcohol uh live alcohol experiment read the book did the journaling and i really don't know where he is exactly in that journey because i think it is a personal thing um i know he knows the information he's super smart he probably memorized your book he has a photographic memory um but i i mean at least i was able to help him so that's kind of a nutshell, Annie. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, what a what a good like telling of your story. I really appreciate that. So um in in this experience, like how has it been with some of those friends? Um I still have most of my friends drink a lot. Um tonight I'm going to dinner where everybody will be drinking quite a bit. But after they realized it was not for um, my New Year's resolution, it wasn't for a weight loss program, it wasn't for um, you know anything else, I just show up with my little alcohol-free beers and my seltzer and, and just say, you know what, I've got my own drink, just put in a pretty glass. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't judge, I, I really, the last thing I wanted when I was drinking was for someone to count my drinks or um, say something to me. I didn't, I mean, even if I needed it, I didn't want it. So I don't do that. Um, I did go to a party a couple of weeks ago and one of the people, or the hosts brought out a game and I have never had so much fun or so much connection. Everyone else was drunk. They probably don't remember it, but we had so much fun playing that game. And um, during that game, it was one of those um, 
like games where you get to know people, kind of an icebreaker because we didn't really know, none of us really knew each other. And so um, you pick a question and it was like, what is, what are your, uh, what is some resolution, some self-improvement you've tried to do and what were the results? And the guy says, well, I tried to lose weight. That didn't work. I tried to stop drinking. That didn't work. I tried, he named about four things that didn't work. And so the next day, and I quietly, I was sitting next to him, I quietly said, well, I tried to stop drinking and I did. I just quietly said that. He was probably too drunk to know. But anyway, so I said the next day, I just said out of, I said to my friend who'd had the party, I said, if he was serious about wanting to stop drinking, I would be happy to put him on a path that I found helpful. And she says, I'll check. Now he's never, I've not heard anymore, but there you are. <laughs> I tried. So, um, so I'm trying to remember your question again. Just social life. and. You know, oh, yeah. So honestly, my friends, most of them now either are trying to cut back or they, one of them did a month. She was trying to do 30 days. And uh, I think to cut back, to try to cut back. Um, I think it's getting slightly more um, socially acceptable to not drink. People are on medication. People have, um, you know, I used to train for stuff and I would, I would moderate myself during that time frame. I would, like, I couldn't go out for a 15 mile run while I was training for a marathon if I had been drinking heavily the night before. So for a couple of days prior, I would abstain. And I don't know, I think people are better, way better now than they were um, even three or four years ago. Um, it's, we're getting there. It's becoming okay, um, which is fantastic. That's why you're my, um, one of my impactful people in my life. Um, yeah, it's amazing how things are changing. Are changing. Um, that's so great. So, um, you said in your, uh, in your note to me that you kind of feel like you had sort of influenced, um, your husband negatively. Is that something? I do. I, I feel really bad about that. Um, my, my second husband who is phenomenal, he's wonderful. We've been together now for 10 years was a non-drinker when I met him and um, he would maybe he I'd asked him because I'm you know I'm like everybody that's drinking wants a buddy and I would say to him when we you know before we were together I'd say hey um you want to have a beer or, or you want to have a drink and just sure and you get water or iced tea or something and so we would go to functions because we were in a service organization together and he would every once in a while take a sip of my wine and I was so defensive because when you go out to a restaurant a lot of times the glasses are small and so I didn't want to miss any of my wine and so I'd say well get your own wine so eventually one time he did and also when we first started living together he would say to me are you gonna drink wine again today and I'm like yeah and so I would, and at that time it was like kind of scaled back. It was maybe two glasses a day, a day. And little by little, he joined me mm -hmm. and, um, and started finding his favorites. And then we started going to wineries 
and um, he wants to go to New Zealand, but I don't think he wants to go to New Zealand anymore because one of the primary things is New Zealand's Sauv Blanc is world-renowned. I mean, he thinks that's the reason you, you know, one of the main reasons you'd go and check them all out. So I feel really bad that that is something that I influenced. I mean, it's, um, and it's, he will not, he will not, he does not blame me. He does not, he sees it as a pure enjoyment. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, if, if you have to have it every day, it's medicinal, you know, and it's, and I know it is a chemical necessity when you get, you know, when you get it in your system, you want more, your brain wants more. And I get it. I totally get it. But I feel bad because he now has, you know, his glucose has gone up. He's getting older. We're getting older. And it's like, the older you get, the worse it is. <laughs> so he's, um, and it's like, okay, so you're going to take medicine. And, and, and I, all I said to him one time was, you might just want to try and see if cutting that, because he's cut a lot of things out of his diet. And that's the one thing he, he says he does not want to cut out. And, um, but he doesn't drink as much as we did together. Cause I think when I was drinking with him, I'd be like, okay, just one more, one more. And so I think he would, he would drink more um, because I wanted more. And I'll tell you, honestly, we were glass for glass, literally side by side me measuring to make sure we had the same amount. And I mean, that is my biggest regret is just that he, he, his health is going to take a hit because of me but I also know it's a personal choice for everyone um I just wish he hadn't followed my negative lead so that is that's a, one of my regrets it's the only person I've actually kind of pushed that direction I think but it's interesting and I I do wonder if it would have you know gone that way sort of eventually or but I think Hard to tell because he was a heavy drinker as a as a young person, um, and then he has epilepsy. So when you drink and you're dehydrated, you increase your possibility of of seizure activity. And so when he was um, a young father originally, I think he decided that's it. I'm not gonna drink. Um, or drink very little, and but his his you know medicine will greatly you know will, will fix a lot of that stuff, and so he hasn't had that negative repercussion of of that. So, but it it yeah it's it's not not good for me, um, and I tell him regularly. I wish I hadn't ever introduced you to that. But what does he say? What he says. No, I love it. <laughs> so, it's, you know, and I, I, all I can do is just keep being who I am, doing my thing. And um, hopefully, and also I told him, and I said this, I said, we, I want to, we have three grandbabies that were born in 2022. One of them, I swear to God, was conceived the night I decided I wasn't drinking anymore. 
because of his age, it exactly lines up. The universe, like, she's stopping, he's going to be born. And so mm -hmm. I told him, I said, we have to be, because I have, my mother came and watched my kids on that trip. I went to Paris and I wrote her about 10 pages of instructions on what the kids were doing, when they, who went to preschool, what time for everything, and on every single paragraph, and please don't drink, and please don't drink, and please don't drink. And I'm like, oh God, I can just see her face, her eyes rolling because I did that. But, um, God, I keep losing my train of thought. But anyway, so I told him I wasn't gonna ever have our kids have that fear that they couldn't entrust their children to us because we might drink too much. And so um, he's he hardly drinks anything uh, when they're over or when the kids are with us because they live close by. But it's made it possible for me to be really present when they were first born and now as they're growing. It's it's so important to me to have that in my life because I, I did not have the grandparent thing. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Um, so how, how is, uh, like, what else has sort of improved? Um, well, I think my focus has improved. Um, I, I've, I've seen movies that apparently I've seen before and now I can remember that I've seen them. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Um, I think I am more compassionate towards people who oh, have had this problem or have this use of um, alcohol use disorder. Um, I think I'm more compassionate. Um, it's given me more space and time to um, explore things I used to do. I used to knit and crochet. So now I am knitting and crocheting. I decided I wasn't gonna just knit a scarf last summer and I actually knitted a sweater and I actually knitted three sweaters. But basically I've been able to enjoy um, things that to me, I would look back and go, well, why would anybody do that in the evening when they could drink? And for me, it's like, I can sit here and enjoy my time with people and do something that relaxes me. And so that's really good. Um, it's also made me realize that I don't have to be, I don't have to do everything at once. So I, I, I gave myself a lot of space when I stopped drinking. It was like, eat what you want, um, exercise however much you want, do whatever you need to do uh, for yourself to give yourself these, this, this space to do it. And then now, I mean, I'm like, okay, I feel great. I had some injuries. I couldn't really run. But now it's like, I'm starting to feel better. But I'm going to give myself the space to work into it. Because I'm 58 years old. You know, I don't need to really, like, I'm not winning any Olympic records or anything like that. But I can rebuild that portion of my life, which was very fulfilling. And I am developing amazing relationships with my grandbabies um, mm -hmm. I'm going to be the grandma that they you know that they that the people that talk about um, losing their grandmother and having a real that person having an impact in their life um, I want to be that person so it's given me the opportunity to do that so 
That's just awesome. That's so cool. Well, let me ask you the question that I kind of end these with, which is if you were going to go back in time um, and talk to uh, the girl who went into the wrong boat and, you know, was worrying her husband, what would you say to her about what life is like now? I'd tell her um, your idea of trying to stop in your hundred days. Um, that was awesome. You are, you you are okay. Um, you, there are not the tools that you are available now to you. Um, and give yourself the time because I needed the time not to drink, but I needed the time for time to pass on the earth for this, for you, for Annie to come forth, for the other people that gave a different way to go than to be called an alcoholic. Um, I mean, when you work every single day and you, nobody knows you drink how much you drink, you don't think um, that you're an alcoholic. But when you realize you can't stop because the substance is calling you, you are okay. Erica, you are okay. You don't have yet the tools to make this change, but when they come along, um, you will be able to change. You can change. I and if they had been available, I would have hoped I would have found them. Even the internet changed since then, how to find things. Um, I did have a question for you. Yeah. I know it's not really the way your program works, <laughs> but I would love if you would find a way, and I know this sounds terrible, and you can cut it out if you have to, but to make the program more accessible to people who have either a brain that is damaged by alcohol, so they cannot learn as well, or they never had the educational experience to be able to study something and absorb, if it was made into smaller bite-sized pieces, because I work, I work voluntarily with a population that if I could transfer that on a, on a, in a way, I would love to do that. Well, that's really, um, so tell me more about um, what that looks like in the stuff that you teach or teach them. Well, I work for a homeless shelter as a volunteer. And of course, people that are experiencing homelessness, which is not what we call them homeless people, it's experiencing homelessness. They have often a um, either alcohol or drug use problem that they are trying to overcome, which has caused them to get to that point, or they have um, mental health issues or mental um, health crises that have caused them, or they were incarcerated. There's many ways that these people come to this point in their life where they need to rebuild completely. So right now, the only place they have to go is the walking distance to the AA meetings in town. Um, I gave your book to the director who is also, you and him are like this on my impactful people in the world. So he is, he's a person that I said, and I don't know if he has even had the time to read it, but he is a person that um, could help me implement this. Um, so I just want to have an access point where even if it's like, of short video clip in a in a conversation about um, 
this new way of thinking. Because honestly, if you've already lost everything, you already feel powerless. There's no reason for you to go to a meeting every day and be told that. Yeah. Um, I'd rather say, it's a problem. You're taking responsibility now for your life. You're going to start working on your, you know, you're getting a job. You're going to start working on your health. You're going to start um, maybe rebuilding relationships with family that you've damaged. And you're going to study this and move forward. But I do think, I mean, I read your book at least five times, um, that it, it is something that's really dense um, for, for many people. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I, I just think I, the layers are so good that I'm just not sure how to transfer that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I have one of my, one of my things that I'm really passionate about based on some personal experiences and some experiences in my family is, you know, I really would love to create a foundation that could um, be focused on bringing this work into prisons and into uh, foster care systems, but focused on the the people losing their children from alcohol, you know, and feeling so powerless against it. My sister-in-law grew up in the foster care system and her mom actually ended up dying in the hospital, having to be intravenously like, you know, given alcohol in order to keep her alive because- Oh my God chemically and, you know, dependent she was. And she just so desperately wanted to be a good mom and wanted to love on her daughters, but she was totally incapable of doing it um, based on how far things had progressed with her. And so like, I think that it's really an important, important conversation. And I can't pretend that I have any idea how to start a foundation or how to, you know, go about all these things. But I also feel like when the you know, time is right that there will be um, there will be opportunity to to do that sort of stuff. One thing that I would tell you really tactically is that I did write a kids book, so it's called Buzz to Buzzkill, and it's illustrated. So it might be something that is helpful as a first step because you know I wrote it and like I had my ten year old read it, and my twelve year old read it, and all these these um, you know really digesting some of the key ideas around what alcohol is. So it's not, it's not this huge deep dive, like this naked mind, obviously, but, um, it might be a, it's an, a starter. Yeah. A start. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that might be it. I'll, I'll, I'll grab that one too. I usually have to order your book about every quarter. Cause I hand it out. Oh, that's, that's one thing. I, I won't keep you. I know it's Friday for you too. <laughs> Yeah, no, no problem. This is great. I really appreciate the conversation. It's just awesome. But what were you going to say? I was just going to say that I, I, I keep ordering your book because I want one on my shelf. And at Christmas one year, I bought two because I wanted my son who hadn't gone to the hospital yet to read it. So I actually made, I made, pretended like I was giving it to both my son-in-law and my son. And I said, hey, I just got these extra copies. And you know, I was trying to do it diplomatically, but um, he took it and was not offended, which was my goal. And then eventually it was, it is a piece of his journey. So I, um, I thank you very much for being a part of, continuing to be a part of my life.
Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Erica, and sharing that. And I, I for sure hold that vision with you. So um, yeah, I've got your information and and you've got my information and we can we can be in touch if and when, you know, stuff like that comes about. But well, I, I'm gonna get two copies, one for the director of the shelter and one for me. And then I'll I'll digest it for him and say, I think we could do a program on this awesome. and and see what he says. Love that. I love that so much. That's so great. Well, this has just been great. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's just awesome. Thank you so much, Annie. Wouldn't it be great if our children never had to go through the pain and challenges that we faced in our own relationships with alcohol? That's my greatest wish for my own kids, and it's why I created the most important course that I've ever offered, How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol. Now, even if you've struggled with alcohol and you're not sure what to talk to your kids about it, or if you want to create a relationship with your children that's based on mutual respect, mutual trust, and open communication, if you know that this conversation might be one of the most important you'll have with your kids and it just can't wait any longer, then this course is for you. It includes lifetime access to six video modules, a bonus recorded Q&A session where I answer questions from parents live, just like you, an interactive workbook, and our private and exclusive How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol online community, where you can connect with others who are also navigating this important conversation. Visit TalkToYourKidsAboutAlcohol.com to learn more and enroll today. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.